Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Walking is such a natural thing, isn't it? That is, until the terrain changes. Ever tried to run on the beach? Not the part that's closest to the ocean, but a little bit further when it gets real deep. Or tried to run in the desert sand? It's not so easy, is it? What about hiking? There are two trails I've always wanted to, well, not always, but uh, for a while I've always wanted to, uh, to travel, to walk. The first one's the Appalachian Trail. It goes from Maine all the way down, I believe, to Georgia. But it's not the length of the trail that's so intimidating. It's the heights and depths of the mountains and canyons and just to drive through West Virginia, the Virginias through to the Carolinas, you realize just how impressive those, those mountains and canyons are. The other trail that intrigues me is called the Camino de Santiago, or the Way of St. James. And actually there are many trails that lead to the Cathedral of Santiago de Compostela, on the coast of Spain, where it is believed the body of St. James the Greater, the Apostle of Jesus, was buried. Maybe some of you knew or have seen the movie uh, back in 2010 called The Way, directed and written by Emilio Estevez. That movie really caught my attention. And I thought, boy, going on such a, a, a journey, a pilgrimage, might be of real significant uh, spiritual benefit. Well, you know that walking any arduous trail requires us to have a certain mindset. And in the end, must give one a, a sense of great satisfaction for hanging in there to the very end. But you don't need to plan a pilgrimage to get into that spiritual mindset St. Paul writes to the church at Philippi, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. You see, you and I are already on a pilgrimage. According to the apostles Peter and Paul, we're sojourners. We're resident aliens traveling through this world to the celestial glories of heaven. I've been told that when someone completes the way of St. James and comes over that hill and sees the coastline and the cathedral in the background, there's such an exhilaration that floods the soul. But imagine, if you will, the glories of heaven when we finish our course on this earth. When we look back, I imagine we'll all say it was worth every step. Could this be what Jesus had in mind as he approached Jerusalem on the week of his passion? Boy, I think it's so important for us to read the passion accounts of just what Jesus endured. His suffering, his rejection, the scourging, the beatings, the mocking, 
and eventually a cross that put him, that led him to his death. That's not a trail I think any of us would particularly want to travel. And yet scripture is very clear that this is precisely the trail God has set before us. We need more than ever the mind of Christ to stay on this trail. We need the mindset of Jesus to trust that whatever trial we may face will end in glorious triumph. But how do we get this mindset? Jesus promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us. His presence is known to us by the Holy Spirit who was given to the church and given to each member. We are the temple of Christ, the temple of his Holy Spirit. And because he is on the journey with us, we know that that is good news. Yes, the good news is we already have the mind of Christ. Paul says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. We're on the pilgrimage called the way with Jesus. He is walking with us as he gives us his mindset, the mindset we need to make it through this life to our eternal destination. Paul explains what Christ did in the Passion account because his work becomes ours as we live in him. First of all, the apostle says, though he was in the form God, he did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. As Jesus took the form of a servant, he calls you and me to do the same. Now becoming a servant or a slave is not something you raise your kids to become. We want them to be self-sufficient, self-reliant, self-directed, and being a servant doesn't match those goals. What makes it even more difficult is hearing from the word of God that we are considered by God as children of the Most High God. What a place of privilege. And yet he also calls us to servanthood. Peter writes in his first epistle, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Yes, we're all that. Yet our calling is to proclaim Christ as servants of the Most High God. And just as he suffered for who he was, we also suffer as Christians for the name of Christ. And that's what makes this journey so difficult. 
Though we are the king's kids, just a few verses later, Peter says, be subject, submit yourselves. For the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. And a few verses later, he says, For to this you've been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you might follow in his steps. Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Having the mindset of Christ means being humble. Being humble to the point of death. And while that may seem too much to ask of anyone, we must remember that having the mind of Christ also means that we have our eyes focused on the prize. And what a prize it is. Our lesson concludes with the glorification of Christ. We must hear this passage. Therefore God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The glorification of Christ should be our focus because our life is wrapped up in his. Our humiliation in this world results in our glorification before the throne of God. The good news of this pilgrimage is his glorious resurrection. Jesus conquered death and the grave and received a glorified body which death would never touch again. Isn't that our hope? The pilgrimage of a Christian is not a dead end, but a destination where life rules and the sin and sadness of this world can no longer exist. This is the way you and I are on right now. This is the trail of suffering you and I must follow to a glorious end. Let us ever walk with Jesus while we make this pilgrimage, thanking God for giving us the mind of Christ, a humble spirit before God and man, suffering all for the sake of his name. And the end will be much more glorious than the appearance of a coastline and a cathedral in the background. It will lead us to eternal life with our Lord Jesus Christ. We've, during this Lenten season, been using as our theme the gospel in seven words. And I think the hymnist did it so well when he said, let us ever walk with Jesus. I pray that this is your theme for this Passion Week. 
Let us walk together in Jesus' name. Amen.